You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome to Crunch Time here on this Tuesday afternoon. Matt Miguez here, and you are listening to the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 in Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Today's show is going to be a different one than, than normal. Uh, for starters, it's only going to be 90 minutes. We get off the air at 5.30 because... James, jog jog my memory. There's a there, there's a basketball team playing tonight on our on our airwaves. Yeah, haven't really heard of them before. They're called the LSU, LSU Tigers. Tigers. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so we'll we'll have that for you at six o'clock pregame at five thirty with Chris Blair on the dot on the dot five thirty right like, as soon as it hits. I mean, boom, we're we're punctual, going to we're punctual people. So five thirty on the dot. Uh, we're we're gonna get you out to Baton Rouge. If you get cut off mid sentence. It's because it's 5.30 and you didn't look at the clock. Yeah, it's fair. It's very fair. Um, So we'll do that at 4.30. We're going to talk with Corey Diaz, talk a little bit about Cajuns football as well as LSU women's basketball because Corey is a man of many talents. So we're going to chop it up with him. And then at 5 o'clock, we're going to have a conversation with a Saints legend. Former cornerback Delvin Bro will join us for a conversation about his new book, Unbroken, spelled B-R-E-A-U-X, just like his name. Uh, We're going to talk about his career. We're going to talk about his injury, his book, and so much more. Hit us up on the game hotline, 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, don't forget, you can watch us on the simulcast if you want to see our handsome mugs at Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. The New Orleans Pelicans will play the Utah Jazz tonight in the first game of a quick little road trip for the Pels that includes two games in Utah before going back to play in Phoenix. Uh, also looking at the Pelicans as well, 18-8 and eight on the year and still sitting at first place in the Western Conference. The Jazz 15-14. and 14. They are ninth in the Western Conference, and you can tell that they are clearly hurting after that Donovan Mitchell trade during the offseason. Let's go to the hotline. Frank, what's going on? Oh, not a lot. How you all, Brian? Um, fantastic, sir. What you got? Well, I didn't watch any football this weekend, uh, but I was enlightened as to the fact that Tampa Bay got monkey stomped by San Francisco. Absolutely uh, monkey stomped. Uh, so they got dog walked. It it was it was so bad. Fox cut out of it and switched it to another game. Damn. Yeah, it was, was like, it was bad. That was Kevin Hart. Like damn. Yeah. Wow. No, it, uh, it was bad. So, like, this is what I want to. This is what I want to say. And like I said the last time I called, I feel bad for Saints fans, and I just I, I need to express how good the players they have are, because. It's not the players, and I'm never one to go at coaches. I never am, and I've been calling this radio station since its inception. But, man, the coaching on the Saints is so bad. You only gave up 13 points to San Francisco, and from what Connor told me, I mean, 
uh, Tampa Bay just got dog walked the whole game by San Francisco. Oh yeah, Brock Brock Purdy absolutely owned Tampa Bay. Like, well, from what Connor told me, it wasn't even close after the first quarter. No, it wasn't. So, so all right. Well, well springing on me because I, I didn't I didn't watch and I was gonna be short, but hell, might as well shoot for it. So at the end of the first quarter, it was it was seven to nothing. So I mean, it was still kind of close at the end of the first, but it, it felt a lot further apart than than seven nothing. And then San Francisco ripped off twenty one points in the second quarter. So really? by it, it was twenty eight nothing at the half. Wow. Now I did hear tell on a, a radio station this morning that I listened to. Um, it, it, it's also affiliated with your um, station uh, that if Tampa Bay loses again and the Saints win out, there's a chance. Is that correct? I would have to finagle the numbers, but I mean, New Orleans isn't mathematically eliminated yet. So I mean, the, there's technically still a possibility. Yes. Uh, so does that make the NFC South the new NFC East? Correct. It is the worst division of football. Wow, that is crazy. It, it is crazy because just a couple years ago, it was the doggy dog of the league. And now, if right? we hit the now, if the playoffs start today, all four NFC East teams would be in the playoffs, and only one NFC South team would be in. Dude, and that's just because wow. somebody has to win the division. Correct. That that well, it just goes to show you what coaching can and can't do. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. Frank, appreciate the call, man. Thank you, Bubba. So yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay just got absolutely ripped ripped apart uh, by by San Francisco over the weekend. Uh, you look at their final four games; they've got Joe Burrow up next. That'll be fun. And then you play the Cardinals on Christmas which now looks like a, a pretty winnable game. And then you play Carolina. We'll see. And then you end with Atlanta. Once again, we'll see. Is it possible that if the Saints went out, God, I can't believe you even say, I'm even saying that, what, what's the likelihood that they make the playoffs at 8-9? I mean, that doesn't seem far-fetched. Now, them winning out seems far-fetched. Um, the, the the rest of their schedule is not kind. I mean, you still got to play Deshaun Watson and the Browns. You still have to play the Eagles. And then you still have to play both Atlanta and Carolina. So, I mean, the, none of those games are easy wins. I mean, two division games, and then you're playing two of the top quarterbacks in the league – yeah, Deshaun Watson knocking off the rust after missing the first 11 games of the season, but he's still a top-five quarterback in the league when he plays a full season. Um, so, interested to, to see how the next four games shape up and uh, if, if Dennis Allen does return as the Saints head coach next year. And speaking of Sean, when we had talked with uh, Jeff Duncan yesterday, I, I had said the Texans would be an interesting Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete, uh, team that no one's mentioned because it seems a lot of time we talk about this team or that team for this player mm-hmm. or in this instance this coach being like oh it's going to be the Chargers or it's going to be the Cardinals 
or it's, it's got to be the Cowboys. Uh, to me, the Texans seem really interesting, and people are saying, well, the, the culture's really bad over there. And they're just and a dumpster the, the, fire. That's not and, wrong, and and that's and that's a fair point to make because they're one eleven and one. But you look at their eleven losses; it was by a total of one hundred eleven points. So they're losing by ten points a game. So it really doesn't feel like they're getting blown out that badly. Ralph asked, "They're us. actually they're actually kind of a lot closer than people think." I mean, look at games like against the Cowboys where they only lost by four. Ralph asked us to to stop giving him hope about the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> Stop it. That's, that's exactly what he said. He said, stop it. I am finally relaxing. Please don't give me hope. I mean, look. Un- until you look at the standings and there's an E next to the Saints name, there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance. Hate to admit it, but yeah. Is, is it likely? God, no. You'd have to win out and hope for... You would have to win out and Tampa and Atlanta would have to lose some crazy games. Atlanta would only be allowed to win one more game. Correct. And then Atlanta and Carolina would only be allowed to win two of their next four. Correct. So, so yeah, I mean... To be fair, it it actually is kind of doable, but at the same time, the Saints would have to go 4-0. Yeah, and that, at that, that, point, seems, but that they, seems like the hardest part. But if they go 3-1, and one, then they would need all the other teams to win one less game. Correct. So they'd need Tampa to lose out Correct. pretty much. And then uh, Panthers unless, and Falcons lose un- uh, unless three games. You would sneak, say you go three and one and you're seven and ten. Maybe some crazy things happen in the NFC that you, you know, find your way in. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, but if Tampa wins one more game and you're both seven and ten, Atlanta gets the tiebreaker. I mean,. Tampa Bay gets right. one more win, but what I'm what I'm saying is it's still possible that the Saints could get in without winning the division. That hasn't that hasn't been mathematically eliminated. It's incredibly unlikely, but it hasn't been mathematically eliminated. Correct, because even with teams like the Giants and Commanders, they still have only seven wins. Correct. So if the, and they, uh, if they both lose out and they actually play each other, what Sunday? next week? Is it is it this week or is it next week? Regardless, um, so I mean, yeah, they play on Sunday. They play Sunday, Sunday night. Okay, uh, so, so unless there's another tie between the two of them, which would be hilarious, wild. Um, looking at some top stories, Lionel Messi leads Argentina into the World Cup final with a three nil victory over Croatia. Messi getting a goal and an assist in the contest. He assisted on the third goal to Julian Alvarez before once again winning 3 to nil and they will face the winner of France and Morocco on Sunday in the World Cup final Kyler Murray is out for the season with a torn ACL that he suffered on the third play of the game last night against the New England Patriots in what ended up being a 27-13 to defeat for the Cardinals, who are now 4-9, just like the New Orleans Saints. And then, of course, the, the news of the day is Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach has died at the age of 61 after complications related to a heart condition. He, he suffered a personal health issue over the weekend and 
unfortunately was never able to recover. Uh, it was his third season at Mississippi State. And in his 18 years of being a head coach in college football, he brought 16 of his teams to a bowl game. Let's go to the hotline now. Martin, what's up? What's going on, my buddy? How are you? Ah, oh, I'm making it, making it. Okay, so let's say uh, I was listening to your conversation all having, you know, that the Saints still have a chance to make the playoffs, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So if they would win their division, they'd be a division winner. And, okay, Dallas makes the playoffs. Does that mean they would us in the first round? And Dallas would go to the to the Superdome. Uh, yes, because oh. more likely than not, since Dallas has so many wins already, they probably stick as the five seed. And then since the Saints, if they do win the NFC South, they, they would be the lowest division winner, so they'd be the four. So the four and five would play each other. Now, wouldn't that be something? And I probably would never show my face again if they would play Dallas, and the Saints would beat the Cowboys with Andy Dalton. <laughs> Man, I try to, well, I, I, I'd go into a rock permit. You know what's wild? Like, like, I, what, what's wild is I was I was playing with a playoff predictor earlier today, and if the Cowboys, because the Cowboys and Eagles still have to play each other one more time, if the Cowboys beat the Eagles, and then the Eagles lose another one of their final three games, maybe even against the Saints, crazier things have happened. Dallas and Philly would switch places. Dallas would jump from 5 to 1 and Philly would drop from 1 to 5. How wild is that? That is crazy. That is I, I don't think we're going to beat Philly. I mean, Philly's a, I, I don't know, but you never know. I mean, it's the NFL. The NFL's been wacky this season, you know. I mean, we struggled against the Texans this past weekend, the one and whatever Texans, you know. I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I want to kind of switch gears a little bit. I seen my boy Messi pulled it out. You know they in the finals. Uh, let's. Do you think Morocco has any chance of beating France? I mean, of course they do. What they got the this far. Because uh, man, I think if any, I mean, I want to see Argentina win because this is Messi's probably final World Cup. You know, he's done a lot for the sport and everything. Uh, but I, um, I was telling one of my friends, France is about the only team that scares me. You know, I mean, they got that. I, I can't pronounce that guy's name, but he plays for, uh, or what's that? Uh, I think uh, it, Italian league or something like that was the name of the Kill, team. Killian, um, Killian Mbappe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got him. I mean, they. Other than Argentina, they. I mean, I think they're pretty solid, but. uh Man, I, I hope this year is for Messi, man. That that way he can lift the cup, and I mean that can further on his legacy. But uh, thanks for taking my call. That's all I have, and uh, we'll see what my Cowboys do this year in the playoffs. I don't know. I'm unpredicted yet. Uh, I mean, I ain't seen enough from him. But anyway, have a good one. Appreciate you, Martin. So an interesting debate going back to the to the Mike Leach news. A uh, an interesting debate that is being had on social media right now is. According to the current rules, Mike Leach is not eligible to be named to the College Football Hall of Fame because one of the requirements to enter into the Hall of Fame is that you have to have a 60% or higher winning percentage as a head coach. And what did he have, like 58? 59.6. Oh. We can't round up numbers? <laughs> Why does It's Mike Leach. 
He invented the air raid offense. He is literally one of the most recognizable names in college football of the last 20 years. Why why would you not put him in the College Football Hall of Fame? Now, I mean, and then, you know, the other thing is this. We're acting like 59.6%. I mean, no. Is 60% a great winning percentage? No, it's not. But for as long as Mike Leach coached and the places that he coached, I mean, how do you, I just, I don't understand how that's going to be the one thing that keeps him out of the College Football Hall of Fame. He was 158 and 107 as a head coach. And his worst years were those first couple of years at Washington State where he went 3-9, and 6-7, and 3-9. and nine. But then he turned that program around to nine and four, eight and five, nine and four, eleven and two, and then he teetered off six and seven, and that's when he got he went over to Mississippi State, and he went four and seven, seven and six, and then eight and four this year. I mean, the guys turned around major programs. He and he had a great run at, at Texas Tech, where he brought them to two Cotton Bowls. So. I just I, I again I I don't see how you don't put a guy like Mike Leach in, in the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, so hopefully you know that they change that rule and they and they figure out a way to uh, to put him in the Hall of Fame. The biggest names in today's music, however, are taking over Gulf Shores, Alabama. In 2023, it's the Hangout Fest, and it returns May 19th to the 21st with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Calvin Harris, Paramore, Lil Nas X, and much more. And the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, has VIP passes to Hangout Fest. Enter the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. VIP gives you access to exclusive viewing areas, stage-side pools, hot tubs, and gourmet food. Hangout Fest is a beach vacation like no other. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. We'll take a time out here on Crunch Time. And when we return, we'll talk a little bit more about today's World Cup match, plus recap the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns getting a win at home last night over the Wildcats of Louisiana. Christian, you're listening to the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Before we get to the Cajuns basketball conversation, uh, severe weather coming to our area overnight tonight and early tomorrow morning. Uh, Lafayette Parish schools have closed tomorrow, all operations and all other school activities. Uh, Lafayette Christian Academy, Willow Charter Academy, Lafayette Renaissance Charter Academy, both elementary and high school, Acadiana Renaissance Charter Academy, both elementary and high school, United Christian Academy, Jacinami Christian Academy, 
all St. Landry Parish Schools, all Evangeline Parish Schools, all St. Mary Parish Schools, Iberia, Vermilion, Acadia, and LSUE. All those school districts and individual schools will be closed tomorrow due to the severe weather that will impact our area. So if you have a kid that attends school in those areas, you know, keep that in mind that uh, your, your little ones are, are off of school tomorrow. The Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns improved to 9-1 and one last night with a win over the Louisiana Christian Wildcats inside the Cajun Dome by the final score of 98-63. to 63. Jordan Davis led the way for the Cajuns with a career-high 37 points on 16 of 21 shooting. Thamus Falks also getting a double-double with 12 points and 11 assists. Following the contest, Bob Marlin met with the media and he gave us his thoughts on, on the win over Louisiana Christian. Okay, end of, end of exam week, and we didn't play as consistently as I wanted to tonight. Uh, we were much better Saturday against Sanford, but give Louisiana Christian some credit. I thought Coach Mason's guys played really hard. He had a couple local guys. We knew they'd come in and play hard, and, and they did that. The starters got us off to a, a, a fast start. We wheeled the bench, and we immediately dipped, and that's disappointing, something we've talked about. We discussed it again at halftime. Uh, and then the second half, we did a good job of scoring in transition. Defensively, we got a little bit lazy but uh, at times, but we still held them to a low percentage, and we shot the ball extremely well. I meant to say Jordan Brown, not Jordan Davis. Uh, the, the, the reason that that name came out is because I was listening to Jordan Davis on my way to work this morning. But... Uh, you know, there you go. Shout out country music. But anyways, uh, Bob Marlin also went on to talk about, you know, the game opened with a with a 21 to four lead for the Cajuns. And then the Wildcats, you know, slowly creeped back in. They made it a two point game at one point. And when, when Coach Marlin was asked about it, he said simply, it's hard to maintain a big lead early. It, it is. And then we again, we go to the bench and the other guys, you know, Mike Thomas didn't play as good as I wanted him to. And Isaiah came in and gave up a bucket and and uh, you know it was a it was a team bonding right there. It was a little bit of everybody that didn't do their job, and that's what we talked about during the timeouts. And I got vocal with them: just do your dang job. Uh, you know, we got to block out. We gave up too many old boards tonight, and we should have dominated the glass. They're quick and small, but we we, we had the size advantage, obviously, with the block shots. But we got to rebound the ball better. Yeah, James, just do your dang job. Why not just do your dang job? I mean, it's that simple, right? It really is. Just execute. Execute, do your job. Bob Marlin also talked about their tough stretch on the road to open conference. They're going to play their first two games of the conference slate, four of six on the road. Well, I am concerned, and and I just told Jay on the radio and. Uh, I didn't say this a second ago. I'm glad you came back to it. But to start six of eight on the road, these last two games, we, I mean, we, we, this is what we had. So, but the six of eight on the road from conference, the Sun Belt didn't do us any favors. Yeah. And there's only two teams that got that honor, and the other one's James Madison, and they've got a really good team too. So, 
just got a scratch and claw. And with the travel, with the split travel that we have, everyone has a couple of games where you play at home and then have to go on the road on the weekend. It's going to be a challenge. And there are going to be a lot of upsets. We're going to have a great conference season. We're going to have a great conference tournament. Looking at the Cajun schedule, James, it's wild. So from today through January 21st, they're going to play four games on the road. They're going to come back to the Cajun Dome for two straight home games. And then they go back out for four straight games on the road. So, I mean, between now and the end of January, you're only going to play four home games. That is crazy to think about in today's college basketball. What a brutal stretch to open up the slate for uh, for Bob Marlin's staff, Bob Marlin's crew. Yeah, because they don't come back to till they play Troy. Yep, January twenty sixth. Yeah, and then you're home for four straight games, and then you go to Southern Miss, Troy, come back to play ULM, and then you got to go to James Madison. That's gonna be a trek. But then you end the season with South Allen, Arkansas State. Yep. Uh, so it'll be a uh, it'll be a good stretch. The Sun Belt's off to a pretty good start in terms of non-conference play. The Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns finishing their home non-conference slate with a nine and one record and a perfect four and oh, five and zero oh at the Cajun Dome. Following the game last night as well, famous folks. And Jordan Brown met with the media. And Famous Folks was asked, you know, 10 games in for your first season as a Louisiana Ragin' Cajun, the offense is flowing well. And and he said that this team was special and it was something he wanted to be a part of. Before I came here, I looked at the roster. And it was like, it was everything I would want to play with. You know what I'm saying? I played with a really dominant player. Uh, I played with really good shooters. And I mean... Only thing we need to do is connect. And Puerto Rico, like you said, that really helped us connect as a team. And then the scrimmages before the season started helped us connect as a team. And I think that we got off to a really good rhythm. And it was just natural. We didn't have to force it, it was just natural. So hopefully we continue to do it. So, James, last night in the Monday night football game, the Patriots beating the Arizona Cardinals 27 to 13. Kyler Murray, like we said, out for the year with that toward ACL, uh, suffered on just the third play of the game. Where where do the Cardinals go from here? Like, I'm not saying that you know you're you're gonna move on from Kyler Murray, but like, is Colt McCoy really gonna be able to get the job done for you? Well, here's the thing, because you have Colt McCoy right now. But they did just a little earlier, like less than an hour ago, they assigned Carson Strong to their practice squad. Mm-hmm. So to me, you kind of just roll with Colt McCoy, I guess, for like the last for the next two games, I guess you could say. That way, you at least give Carson Strong a little bit of time to kind of learn the playbook a little bit. So then, and then, the- and then that way you kind of get let him give some tape out there for either. The Cardinals to kind of like resign them to like a couple year deal, or, or like give it out to another team that could be like, hey, we could we could use well, a, a young guy that we could develop. Well, because here's the thing, with how late Kyler's injury occurred in the season, if it is not a perfect recovery, he will not be back for week one. Correct. No, because it's 
a perfect recovery nowadays, you can be back in nine months. Correct. So you would you would basically be back for week one. Right. So barring we, in no setbacks whatsoever. I would anticipate Arizona would have Kyler back and he would start like week five, week, week six. Week, so you okay. you'd ex, you, I would probably anticipate him being back early October. So what do you what do you do in the offseason? Hope either Colt McCoy or Carson Strong can get you through those first four or five games as well, or do you maybe go sign a, a vet for a short period? Like what's the what's the mindset if you're the Cardinals? I think that's what you do. You you kind of see what Colt McCoy can do for these next two games. If it's really not working out, then you kind of go with the shot with Carson Strong. Or and then just like depending on how that goes, then you kind of go into the offseason, maybe go get a vet that can just handle it for five, six games, because there's plenty of vets. It's not like they're it's not like you'd be having a huge commitment. You just go get somebody that's a little older a little older. Uh Matt Ryan probably won't be available, but in case he is for some reason, yep. that could be somebody that you could look into. It's true. There are also plenty of other guys that are in their thirties that'll definitely be willing to be that'll kind of just go out there. It's kinda like what you saw with like Matt Fitzpatrick and uh Oh, Josh McCown. Yep. Like just just somebody that could just be a band aid until you got uh, Kyler back. That's fair. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what what they decide to do there, because I mean, again, just a brutal, brutal injury to uh, to Kyler Murray last night. The game one zero three seven Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles wants to hook you up with tickets to a special sneak peek of the new Whitney Houston biopic. I want to dance with somebody. That's right. See it before anyone else by simply texting Whitney to 68683. That's Whitney to 68683 to score a pair of tickets for a special sneak peek next Tuesday night at the Celebrity Theater in Broussard. It's the I Want to Dance with Somebody sneak preview brought to you by A. Brian's Jewelers and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Corey Diaz joins us next right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Hit high, hammered to left field. Going back, taking a look, is Holcomb, and it's good! Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Driven pretty well and pretty deep to left field. Going back is Marshall, looking up. See you later! Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Man, I got to tell you. The LSU Lady Tigers, pretty good at basketball. Kim Mulkey, she knows a thing or two. Welcome back to Crunch Time right here on the game. 440 on your Tuesday afternoon. Corey Diaz of the Daily Advertiser. He covers Cajuns football and LSU women's basketball. He joins us on the hotline. Corey, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Miguez, I, let me let me take this opportunity to say that that might have been your most astute lead-in to a segment of all time. Congratulations, buddy. Well, I, I appreciate that. I really do. Um, so before we're going to cover a lot of things because you do a lot of things Corey you're a man of many talents I don't know if anybody's ever told you that Um, from Cajuns Cajuns football to LSU women's basketball to high school football I mean you just you just do it all so uh, let's start with high school football was that STM game one of the craziest endings you've ever seen yeah, I mean, you know, when you factor in, because you have to factor in stage and setting, right? I mean, state championship game, you know, you're in the, you know, the, the biggest arena in the state. And, um, 
you know, just from my years of, of, of being around, you know, it's, you know, playing where the Saints play, right, is where every high school football player in the state of Louisiana for the last however many years they've been doing the Superdome down there, I think 30-something years, right? I mean, they, you, you dream of playing, you know, in the Superdome and to not only play but to have an opportunity, um, like Connor Stelly had the wide receiver for STM, uh, to make a catch of a lifetime. Uh, to give the team the lead in the in the final minutes of a game like that, um, I mean, it, it's a storybook ending, man. And it was watching that thing unfold. You know, it it felt like it was going in slow motion, um, but also so fast that you didn't know what was going on. It's hard to explain, uh, but it was one of the more memorable games, and I've covered probably I don't know, probably forty. You know, in my four years of going down, uh, you know. 40-some-odd state championship games, and that one's got to be near the top of, of one of the best I've seen inside the Superdome for sure. Transitioning to the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, you know, they're beginning their their prep for the bowl game next Friday in Shreveport, which, by the way, is going to be a bitterly cold afternoon. But, uh, you know, what are your early thoughts heading into this matchup with Houston? Well, you know, I think, right, it's – and most of college football is, you know, dealing with this, right? It's it's who you no longer have, right? Um, and I think offensively that's where, you know, the Cajuns have been hit the hardest, um, you know, since the end of the regular season, you know, with, with running back Chris Smith declaring for the draft. Uh, Dante Fleming has entered the transfer portal. Um uh, Michael Jefferson, um, from all intents and purposes, from what I've, from what I understand, have been told, um, will not participate in the bowl game as well. I mean, they're going to be, you know, the offense is going to have some, some hurdles, you know, to overcome. And, um, you know, and I'm not sure what, what Houston's, uh, situation looks like via, you know, transfer portal or, or NFL draft declarations or anything like that. But listen, I mean, for the last, however many years that, that Dana Holgerson's been there, right? I mean, the name of the game is, I mean, you have to keep pace with Houston. They're going to score points. Um, and, you know, especially with Michael Jefferson not being on the outside, that's probably your best offensive player. You're going to be without him. You're probably going to be without your second off, uh, second best offensive player in Chris Smith, their running back. You got They're going to have to find ways, man. It's going to be, um, it's going to be a, how are you going to secure and produce uh, secure finishing drive. How are you going to produce points? Um, you know, Chandler Fields at quarterback. You know, he'll, you know, he'll get a chance to. Uh, such a weird season for him, right? Um, but he'll get an opportunity uh, to go out next Friday. You know, in Independence Stadium in Shreveport and and put a put a nice little bow on his first year as the full time. Well, <laughs> you know, was supposed to be the full time starter. You know, for the Cajuns. So uh, there's. There's lots of things, man, with that matchup um, that we certainly could get into. Uh, but just up, off the top of my head, man, it's how how this offense that's going to be very much patchwork. How is it going to uh, you know keep up with Houston's offense? Quickly, could Eric Gare opt out of this game next Friday? Yeah, you know he's the one I've been waiting to hear about. You know, I thought, um, you know, when we when we got word that Andre Jones was was going to skip the bowl game and declare. You know, I thought the next domino that was going to fall would would be Eric. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I I've kind of poked around a little bit on Eric, uh, and I, I don't have a good feel um, for whether or not he's going to participate or not. Uh, my and it's just my personal um, you know opinion and, and I guess analysis on Eric Garrett, uh Matt. I would I would say for for Eric. It probably would be good for him to play. I think if he could get 
more punt returns on film, uh, I think that would be really good for his draft stock because I think that's probably where he's going to make an NFL roster uh, come next year. I think it'll be in, in a specialist-type role. It'll be in a returner role. Um, and so for a guy like that, right, um, you know, as much film as you possibly can have on, on being a specialist and specializing in, in, a, in a particular thing like that could only help. Um, now, again, that's, that's not me saying he's going to play because, uh, like I said, I, I poked around, but I have not been given a, a, a solid picture one way or the other on Eric Gare. But um, I just think personally, um, you know, him playing could be, could be good for him in the long run. Corey Diaz of the Daily Advertiser joining us here on Crunch Time. Going to LSU women's basketball now, 9-0, and off to a great start uh, on the season. Although, you know, a lot of people will tell you that their schedule hasn't exactly been the hardest. Yeah, no, man. Look, it, it's <laughs> – I remember when it was, um, you know, when they released their full schedule, um, you know, several months ago before the season started, and, you know, I took – one glanced and said, what the hell is this? You know, uh, it's cause it's, you know, it was, it was, it's not good. You know, they have one P five, not one P five non-conference opponent. And that is, uh, next week, um, in Maui or at the end of this week, depending on how you look at it. I don't know if Sunday is the beginning of the week. For me, it's always kind of been the beginning of the week. Sunday is, um, but maybe at the end of the week, but you'll get, they'll get their first test. Um, it'll be against Oregon state in the Maui classic and Hawaii. Um, that's a team that, you know, it's a power five team. And I think that's good for this LSU team at this point. Now they were picked to finish sixth in the preseason in the Pac-12. They're not going to be, you know, like playing a Stanford or a UCLA or an Oregon. Um, it's not going to be that kind of test for this LSU team. Um, but it, it is going to be a good test in terms of there's going to be some some spots on the court where there'll be equal talent. And and then you're going to have to turn around after a little bit of a break, and then you open up SEC play, and you got to go on the road to Fayetteville to play Arkansas, which for all intents and purposes should be a top-20 team. Uh, that's a really tough place to play. Um, and uh, it, it's a good start for them for league play because they're about to have to, you know, they're going to have to run the gauntlet here. And, and I don't really know if they've been proven you know, up to this point, like you said, Matt, I don't know if they've proven exactly how good they are yet because they haven't really played that level of talent just yet. You know, looking at three players for, for this team that have really contributed in big roles is Angel Reese, Alexis Morris, and, and Jasmine Carson. Uh, Angel Reese came in as a transfer from Maryland and was really, you know, touted as being you know, the, the next big player for, for Kim Mulkey. And, and it certainly seems nine games in that uh, she, she's well on her way to doing that. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on, on Reese and her teammates at LSU? Yeah, you know, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, last year when I was on the South Carolina beat, um, uh, Maryland came to Columbia, South Carolina for a non-conference uh, game against Dawn and, and her ladies at South Carolina. And, I'll say this, man. Obviously, I, I covered South Carolina through the national championship game last year against UConn and, and, and Minneapolis, and and I'll say Angel Reese had one of the better individual performances I had seen against the South Carolina bigs of anybody that they had played. Uh, she scored 25 points and and certainly had a double double that night on the road, and and Maryland was tight in that game. It was a it was a 
two it was a two possession game uh, halfway through the fourth quarter, and uh, South Carolina ultimately ended up pulling that thing out. But she but she's she's near generational, man. She is she is a she's a big, but with guard like tendencies and and guard skills. Uh, she she can bring the ball up the floor if, if needed. You know she can uh, she can take a a defender off the dribble. Uh, from the elbow and get inside, and she's strong enough to finish. She's she's someone that you do not encounter a lot. And you know, when I heard that Kim landed her, and she was, she decided that she was going to transfer into LSU, I, I knew it was going to be big. It was going to be a massive piece, and it was somebody that she was going to build her team around for the next at least two years. Because uh, Angel Reese is a sophomore right now, and, and potentially, you know, could only you know be there two years and and she's told Kim from what Kim has told us that she's only going to get two years out of Angel and then she's going to move on to the WNBA. But um, yeah, she, she's, she's kind of the, 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 you know, the, the spoon that stirs the pot. Right. But you got Alexis Morris who was back off of uh, an experienced team last year. Uh, There's nine newcomers on this year's team. And, and to have someone who has been in Kim Mulkey's system, you know, she played for Kim out at Baylor too. So, they got a long history together, and, and, and Alexis knows Kim's system as well as anyone, you know, in Baton Rouge right now. Um, you know, it, it's important for her to, to kind of be that stabilizing energy and force for this team, especially as they get into uh, SEC play, because that's going to be something that they're going to they're gonna find themselves in. They're going to find themselves in situations where they're going to need a voice, and Alexis Morris is definitely that voice for this team. And Jasmine Carson, uh, she, I mean, she's your sharpshooter. You know, she's a grad transfer from West Virginia. Um, and she's already hit a ton of threes for LSU already through nine games, and, and that's kind of her role. But, you know, recently, the last couple times out, she's actually been a guard that, that's, you know, that's crashed the boards and been able to get some rebounds, and, and obviously she does that, and then she can start the fast break in her, you know, in that transition offense herself, which kind of gives them an extra option to do that. So uh, it's like, Kim, you know, we visited with Kim earlier today. It's like she said, you know, um, they're still piecing it together, but they have the depth and they have the talent this year. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see, man. This I think this this next two weeks, uh, really through the end of the year, once they start SEC play on the 29th at Arkansas, I mean, we're, we're really going to see where they need to improve most uh, as they really get into the meat of SEC schedule and uh, exactly, you know, how how potentially how deep this team could go in the NCAA tournament. Corey Diaz of the Daily Advertiser joining us. Corey, appreciate you as always, man. Uh, have a great rest of your week, and uh, we'll talk soon. Appreciate you, brother. Y'all take care. And there he goes, Corey Diaz. We'll take a time out, wrap up hour number one right after this, right here on The Game at Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time. About to wrap up hour number one. want to quickly remind you that you'll be able to start NFL Week 14 off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account. You'll get in early and be able to get free bets back if your Thursday night same-game parlay doesn't hit. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. I'll take a Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown, a DK Metcalf anytime touchdown, and then the Seahawks money line. Build your own or choose from one of our popular same-game parlays pre-built for you and FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. 
However you want to play, you can bet on the NFL on Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Just sign up with promo code KLWB if you don't already have an account. But if you're already with FanDuel, you're all set. Just sign in and see what you've got. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. Three-plus leg minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Max free bet is $5. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fundle.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Hour number one just about wrapped up. Hour number two, we're going to kick it off with former Saints legend Delvin Bro to talk about his new book, Unbroken, and the book signing that he is hosting this weekend in New Orleans. So lock in for that hour number two next right here on The Game. It is Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion, Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's our number two of Crunch Time here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 in Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here. James Mesh is our producer and co-host of the show. 337-706-0111 is the number to call on the game hotline here in Acadiana. Watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. In hour number one, we talked college basketball, the World Cup, and the tragic passing of Mike Leach. And here in hour number two, really not a full hour it's only going to be 30 minutes Uh, we're going to talk some more nfl and get you set for lsu and north carolina central from the pete maravich assembly center starting at 5 30 right here on the game but before we do that it's time to have a conversation with a saints legend that has a new book out and he is having a book signing this weekend in new orleans this player attended McDonough 35 in New Orleans, went to LSU, and spent time in the CFL, the Arena Football League, and most notably the NFL with the New Orleans Saints. It is cornerback Mr. Delvin Bro. Delvin, thanks so much for taking the time, man. How are you today? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm excited and having a great day. So, you know, walk us let, – let's, let's go back to, to high school – um, at McDonough 35, where on a kick return back in 2006, it's kind of where the, this whole thing started with, with that tragic neck injury, and, and you fractured several uh, vertebrae. Just kind of walk us through, you know, that moment and how you got here. Uh, yes, man. Uh, we was playing against Jesuit High at Tag on the Stadium, uh, City Park, and um, we was coming out of kickoff. Um, coming out of third quarter, we was going into kickoff, and I was on the left hand side of the field. And uh, the return was Peyton Jason, man. I shot out of there like a cannon and I uh, went made the play. And uh, next thing you know, everything just went dark. You know, everything went dark. And I just heard my teammates like, D-Bro, D-Bro, come on, get up. We need you, man. And I'm like, you know, the words were drowning out as I'm saying, like, hey, I, I would, but, you know, I, I can't get up. You know, I can't get up. And then next thing you know, this bright white light just appeared. 
And, you know, I, I'm just in a room, you know, just an all white room, man. And I'm just looking around like, you know, what's going on? What's going on? And, you know, within a few seconds, uh, my coach came over and it was like, hey, you all right? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it was like, all right, well, let's go get up. I'm like, OK, I got up on my own power and, and, and we walked off the field, man. You know, it's crazy. You know, and you you ended up, like I said, going on to, to play in the CFL and the NFL to overcome a neck injury like that and and play for as long as you did at a professional level. What did you kind of learn from all of that 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 molded you, you know, into a stronger person, into a better person, whatever it may be? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what what motivated what molded me um, to to uh, become the inspiration that. Uh, suffering that injury and, and, and being able to overcome um, was just having faith. You know, I just had faith and belief in myself, you know, um, knowing that when my doctors told me when I got out to uh, the hospital, I sent them Super Bowl tickets when I make it to the Super Bowl. Um, and that was that was all the motivation and determination I needed. You know what I'm saying? Like there were no negative moments in the hospital or anything. So I just felt like it was just time, you know, timing on everything. Um uh, go to college, you know, go enjoy that process and, you know, do whatever, man, just just have fun. But just I also just kept the faith and belief that um, no matter what happens, I was always going to make it. So after, after that neck injury, I mean, I, I know you kind of just answered it, but, you know, what, did the thought that you might not play football ever again kind of cross your mind at that point? Um, no, man, just, you know, like I said, my, my doctors, uh, I asked him is football out of the question. He was like, send him, send me Super Bowl tickets when you make it to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, this was my doctor, the surgeon who just fixed my neck. And he telling me to send him Super Bowl tickets. So, you know, that that's all I needed. You know, I was going for it. You know, I, I was like, you know what? I can't let this man down. Like this, this guardian angel just saved my life. You know, he just saved my life, so I have to go get these tickets. And unfortunately, when I got to the Saints, you know, we, we came up short. You know, after McDonough 35, you ended up going to LSU. You know, walk us through your time in Baton Rouge as a as a player coach for the Tigers and what that experience was like. Um, yeah, you know, it, it happened so fast, man. Um, they, they didn't clear me because of the liability issues with my neck. Um, you know, they didn't want me uh, lifting weights or running around a facility just in case if anything happened. They didn't want to be liable, which I respected. You know, I respected it then, but I respect it more now just because anything could have happened to me. You know, I was just fresh out of, you know, surgery what, like a year ago in 2006. So I'm like, man, I, you know, if something happened to me, you know, then, then that, that can be really my life. I can really be over. So they really took the, the time and the patience and, and the understanding to let me know, like, hey, I don't think we are. Uh, we don't think this is best suited for you right now. So what you think about coaching? And, I, you know, I was like, OK, so I went coaching for like three days and I see guys like Patrick Peterson, you know, Morris Claiborne and Eric Reed. And I see those guys out there practicing, man. And I'm like, man, I, I belong out here with these guys, man. I'm supposed to be lined up next to Patrick right now playing you know what i'm saying man like god what's going on and i started crying i had a uh, mental breakdown and um shelly our trainer there i went to cry in her office and she was just like what's going on i'm like you have i really just want to play football football is all i have like y'all want me to coach like i I can't do it i can't do it so that that week i I stopped coaching man and you know i just started living my life as a um as a regular college student chatting with delvin bro here on Crunch Time. And then, you know, following that experience at LSU, you, you went on to play in the Arena Football League as well as the CFL before 
getting to play in the NFL for your hometown team in the New Orleans Saints. Uh, what was that experience like? And if you can pinpoint one, what's your favorite moment in a Saints uniform? Uh, yeah, man. The, um, you know what? I started playing a semi-pro in the GDFL with the uh, Louisiana Bayou Vibes out in Hammond. So I want to say shout out to Coach Ryan and, and Mama Mo over there for giving me that opportunity to get a shot at the arena league level with the New Orleans Voodoo. Um, those were pretty cool moments. Um, playing, getting, making it to the CFL, becoming an all-star in 2014. That was a pretty cool moment. And, you know, making it all the way to the Saints, you know, it was, it was awesome. That was like a surreal moment for me because, you know, I remember being in a hospital, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, am I even going to play again? And now I'm in a Saints uniform, you know, like that was freaking amazing, you know? So, uh, but my favorite moment of course is, is, you know, shutting down Julio Jones in his prime, you know, he, he, he was a, a great receiver. He was, I think they just came off of like a 300 yard receiving game against Carolina and they had to come play us at home. And I'm like, man, this dude is about to go crazy. But you know what? I believe in myself. I believe I can, I can handle the the task. And, and I did, I did very well. And um, that's when I put the league on notice. Um, but I want to say my favorite moment is um, when I walked into the stadium, I was a preseason game against Houston Texans. And I saw my name on the back of the, of the Saints jersey. And I was like, man, I made it. You know, I was crying coming out the tunnel and everything. Man, it was just a surreal moment because of all the things that I've been through. You know, even from the childhood trauma. You know, uh, uh, then breaking my neck. I'm like, man, I made it. I finally made it. Now it's time to go put in the work and dominate. So uh, I want to say that. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Now, you know, looking at your book. Uh, first of all, I have to say that the title of the book is uh, is incredible, unbroken. But you spelled bro with your last name B R E A U X. Uh, you know, what did it mean for you to, you know, kind of put this story together and kind of put pen to paper to uh, to your life story? Uh, putting this story together meant a lot to me. You know, it's something I always wanted to do. I, 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 I'm using my story as a guide, you know, for, for someone else, you know, someone else who, who who's enduring the those childhood trauma or that what happens behind closed doors, stay behind closed doors. My book teaches you to talk about, like reach out to somebody, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. Like I tried to commit suicide at nine years old just because of that. And I, I want to be a guide for, for the next uh, generation that's coming up. And that's why, that's why I did it, you know, and that's why I'm going to continue to keep uh, promoting it and pushing it out there because a lot of people can use that motivation and use that guide, right? I'm just a guide to help the next person. And um, it's been going phenomenal. I have a book signing coming up. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going well, man. You know, l looking at the process of, you know, creating a book, you, you hear a lot of people say that they would love to, to write a book. But you, you look at the process of going through the publishing and, and the proofing and, you know, the, the promotion that you have to do, like these book signings and, stuff, and that kind of deters people away uh, for you, Delvin. What's that process been like? Uh, the process has been amazing. You know, it's, it's awesome. I want to say shout out to Williams Commerce, my guy, Ross Williams, you know, um, and, and my ghostwriters, uh, Michelle Robertson, Sasha Austria. I can't forget those uh, great people for helping me uh, bring my book to life. Um, but the process was smooth. You know, it, it was it was actually smooth just because, like I said, I was already interested in writing a book. I had great ghostwriter help. Um, and they formatted it. And then I also had the editing and publishing company uh, with Ross. And it, it was smooth. Everything was was pretty uh, proficient, uh, proficient. Everything was sufficient. Everything was good. I mean, um, I had my book out. I want to say started working on it. I want to say about a year. I want to say my book was published in like a year, or a couple months. You know what I'm saying? Just because everybody was 
uh, during their part. And um, it's been exciting, very therapeutic. So I advise everybody out there, if you want to write a book, if you have a story, write it, go tell it, get it off your chest. It's going to be therapeutic. It's going to help you mentally, physically, emotionally. You're going to be able to be alive. You're going to feel alive. Book signing for Unbroken is this Saturday at the Canopy Hotel on Tulane Avenue in New Orleans from 2 to 4. Delvin, tell people about it, where they can get the book and, you know, uh, all, all the info for the event. Uh, yes, uh, the book signing is uh, this week, uh, Canopy Hotel, uh, Tulane, 1100 Tulane Avenue. Um, and, and it's something for the community, something I always wanted to do is give back. Um, I'm doing a book signing. Also, I have a special going on. The books are $25. But if you bring a toy, I'm doing a toy drop. You bring a toy. We're taking $10 off your signed copy of Unbroken to where we can donate and give back to the Abbeville projects, uh, which way I was uh, raised at uh, um, in the community, which I was raised at and was getting toys in. And I want to just give back to those those great people down there and, and, and continue to keep doing it. Delvin Bro, the former New Orleans Saint and author of Unbroken, joining us here on Crunch Time. Delvin, really appreciate your time, man. Uh, great story, as always. And um, hopefully we can talk to you again down the line. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And there he goes. Delvin Bro of the New Orleans Saints. Again, book signing this Saturday in New Orleans unbroken the story of delvin bro uh fantastic read if you haven't gotten a chance to read it um go go check it out go shake hands with delvin go get him to sign that book uh great guy great story you absolutely will not regret it you know once again looking at the staying in the topic of new orleans going to the new orleans pelicans they've got a game tonight with the utah jazz eight o'clock tip from salt lake city Zion Williamson is just having a season to remember early on in the year. 25 points per game, shooting 61% of the from the field. He had 35 points in each of the last two games for the Pels. James, I'm going to bring you in here. I heard Ali Cassell during Jordy's show earlier today say that he thinks Zion could score 40 tonight for the first time in his career. What are your thoughts on that? Could he go 35, 35, 40? I believe it. He's been on a roll as of late, and it feels like with that extra motivation of really putting up 35 twice against the Suns over last weekend and then taking on a Jazz team who really feels they've definitely taken a dip now that they don't have Donovan Mitchell anymore, but they're still they still got an all right record. They're still one game above five hundred. To me, I, I think you could do that. I, I think that may be a tall order, but remember, Zion is a super efficient scorer. So to me, if he gets just a few more shots in, I think he can still he continues the efficiency that he has. I think he could put up forty for sure. It's just the fact that you see him put up so little shots, but it doesn't matter because even though he puts up 14, he still makes 11 of them. Yeah, no 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 doubt. I mean, the the way that and then, you know, you look at a guy like CJ McCollum who hasn't had a bad year either to to start off. Um 
And, and then the the crazy thing to me, and I, I think I mentioned this yesterday when we were talking with Christian Clark, the Pelicans are playing this well without one of their key pieces in Brandon Ingram. And then they recently haven't had Herb Jones Herb the last Jones, few games. Right. Imagine what this team would be if both of those guys were playing. I think it'll I think it'll be a slight adjustment period since you just haven't had him for well, a while. Of course. But I think they'll be able to kind of get through it. It, it won't take very long for them to get through it and uh, kind of get back into the groove of things once you get those guys back. Because once you make the adjustments and you get back into it, you will you should be smooth sailing because now you'll have even more depth. But it shows how much depth that this Pelicans team has had because B.I. was somebody that really kind of drove the team, I guess you could say. He, he really became the leader, even though Zion would put up ju- just as many points if not more, on fewer shots. But he's really stepped up as as a, a veteran guy, but that's also why you have players like C.J. McCollum. Correct. Who hasn't been very... He definitely hasn't been as efficient as Zion, but overall, he still had solid games, but he hasn't had that type of, I guess you could say, scoring impact as he has in the past. But it still works because you still have young players like Jose Alvarado stepping up. You still have... Larry Nance, who is able to make plays and put points on the board, that you have plenty of guys. You still have Jonas Valanciunas, who, remember last year, for a while, he was the MVP of the team. Right. Before before CJ come on, came on the scene. Yeah, no, absolutely. You still have plenty of guys. Now look, I'm in, staying, staying in the topic of the NBA, but moving away from the Pelicans for a minute. James, I'm going to need your Boston Celtics to do the Pelicans a favor tonight. You need another. I, I need a. I, I need the Lakers to just lose. Every well, it, it would it would be the utmost pleasure of the Celtics to beat the Lakers tonight. Every every game from here on out, I need the Lakers to go eleven and seventy one. That's what I need. I, I need them to lose every game for the rest of the season because I despise the Lakers ever having any form of success. Well, don't forget that the Lakers and Celtics, it's been a historic rivalry. So anytime that the Celtics can get a win over the Lakers, you love it. You love to see it. So that's kind of it is for both sides. Pelicans fans and Celtics fans, and I'll show it if you're watching the TV side, shaking hands. Locking arms. No no doubt about it. Um, I, I'd love I'd love to watch a Celtics Pelicans NBA Finals. It's t- oh, dude, I, that's would, I my, would love that. And th- and that's how it is because for me, this is how I was as a kid. I chose two teams. I was going to be a full on fan for one team, but then there was going to be another team in the opposite conference that I would root for. That way, it would be my dream Super Bowl NBA championship matchup. And for Let's- this, it was it was. Pels Celtics, and then for NFL, it's Saints Patriots. Let's take a crunch time trip to the Garden. Oh, dude, don't tempt me with a good time. Let's take a crunch time uh, trip to the Garden. Oh, I'd love to be in TD go, Garden and, and go see the Celtics play the Pels. Because I wanted to go watch Celtics Pels when it was in, in New, New Orleans. Orleans a couple weeks ago, yep. but it, it just didn't work out with the timing of it all. And you only get one game in New Orleans for the Celtics, yeah, it's so it's because you're too busy. It is. You're just a popular man. Dude, Mr. Big Time. The game wants to stuff your stocking with a $500 Visa gift card as the Christmas comes early sweepstakes presented by Armentart Jewelers. Simply enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $500 Visa gift card. 
It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes, powered by Armentar Jewelers and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We'll take a timeout, give James Mesh a, a break from being Mr. Big Time, and uh, when we come back, we will preview LSU versus North Carolina Central tonight from the PMAC. You are listening to the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Severe weather rolling in tomorrow, and you know that what that means. Schools are closing. Recap in Lafayette Parish. All Lafayette Parish public schools will be closed tomorrow, as well as Lafayette Christian Academy, Willow Charter Academy, Lafayette Renaissance Charter Academy, Acadiana Renaissance Charter Academy, United Christian Academy, Jacinami Christian Academy, Terling's Catholic High School, Karen Crow Catholic School, and St. Thomas More. All will be closed tomorrow, as well as St. Landry Parish Schools, Evangeline Parish Schools, St. Mary Parish Schools, Iberia Parish Schools, Vermilion Parish Schools, Acadia Parish Schools, and LSUE. So, if you have a child or know someone that attends school in any of those parishes, LSUE, or any of those Catholic schools in Lafayette Parish, please let them know that they don't have school tomorrow. It'll make their day. I know I, I always loved when school got canceled. It was a it was a nice little vacation. It was beautiful. Now, granted, it, it's a terrible reason. No, nobody wants to deal with severe weather, but... Correct. I mean... But it, the best case scenario hey, was always getting the day off because of potential bad weather, but then the bad then weather... It didn't even happen. Either didn't happen or the damage that was thought right. to happen was super minimal. Right. It was like, oh, this is perfect. Because it, 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 it's good for the kids... It's good for the teachers. The only people that it's not so great for is the parents. But if you're if you're notified in advance like this, find a babysitter and it'll be all good. It does mess up the uh, the planning for the teachers because then you're like, okay, well now yeah, we have to kind of kind of have to readjust and get the game the uh, lesson plans back together a little bit since yeah. you missed a day. Yeah, a little, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, tonight in the Pete Maravich Assembly Center, it'll be the eight and one Fighting Tigers of LSU taking on the five and five Eagles of North Carolina Central. KJ Williams comes into this game averaging eighteen point seven points per game to go along with seven point seven rebounds and Justice Hill four point two assist per game. The Tigers on a three game winning streak with wins over Wofford, UTA, and a big one over Wake Forest at the Holiday Hoops Giving Tournament. In Atlanta, North Carolina Central coming in off of a 90-78 loss to Marquette last week. Uh, But they got a big win over St. Andrews back at the beginning of the month. James, you ready for this? 127-40. to Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 127-40. to They said, yeah, we're going to triple your points. Uh, the over-under in this game is 141. LSU is a 13.5 point favorite in this contest. Uh, according to analytics, LSU has an 87.3% chance of victory in this contest. Uh, quickly, before we turn it over to the LSU pregame show, let's look at the poll question of the day. 
What is the one sport that you cannot live without? So far, 85.7% of you say football. 4.8% of you say basketball. And 9.5% say baseball or softball. Got a couple of comments. Ralph Bergeron says watching football, playing golf. I agree with you there. Uh, Betting, horse racing. Okay. Laughing at. Miguez versus Mesh. Yeah, we're going to have to bring those back soon, aren't we? That's an entertaining bunch. We're going to have to bring those back. Uh, People loved them. So, look, I'll I'll make a fool of myself for the good of the people. I was going to say, it was always fun watching you fall. Look, I swear I was more athletic in high school. I swear (laughs) I was. I swear I was. I promise. (laughs) And then John Paul Cajun Daddy says, football is just awesome. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. James, you know what starts this week? Bowl games. Let's go. Cannot wait for college football to be back on the television set. want to take this opportunity to thank Corey Diaz of the Daily Advertiser as well as former Saints player Delvin Bro for joining us today. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe. Be well. Hug your mom and them, and I'll be back tomorrow, same time, same station. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and it is your home for the Houston Astros and the Fighting Tigers of LSU. Let's turn it over now to the Pete Maravich Assembly Center for the LSU Tigers and the North Carolina Central Eagles. Here is the voice of the Tigers, Chris Blair.